Welcome to the Refuge Project. We are back. The Refuge Project is a place we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. In full effect. Full effect. We are your hosts. Happy to be back on the mic. You guys are out of control. James stole the show last week. I'm fixing to be ratchet. So we're going to come in hard because he's getting all the love. I showed up, man. Hey, hey, James, that was a great episode, man. I tell you what, man. Everybody just go ahead and give James a... There we go. Clap, 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 clap. We got effects. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I got effects again. I got buttons in front got of me. Got buttons now. in front of them. Uh, great job last week, man. Whenever you buttons sent that out, bodies. whenever you sent that out, I was just cracking up because, you know, I mean, I know you, you know, so I can just imagine you sitting at home and you're like, <laughs> yeah. well, uh, here I am by myself, <laughs> talking to myself, feeling stupid. Yeah, Tara, like, went for, she left for work. She's like, what are you going to do tonight? And I was just like, I, I guess I'm going to try to record one of these podcasts. So just in the house by myself, hanging out. Yeah, Good I uh, so when I was editing it, I was like, I had so many sound effects on it, <laughs> and then I was just like, all right, I'm gonna take half of these off. Because <laughs> he, he said, okay, he put it up, and he was like, yeah, guys, I added some sound effects, y'all should check it out. And I listened to him, and uh, he was like, what do you think? I said, I thought some of them were a little unnecessary, but some of them were pretty funny. So that was only half of oh, them. Oh, that was only half. <laughs> man. I was I was having so much fun with it, you know, and then after I listened to it, I'm just like, yeah, this is way too much. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, but like the content matter i honestly i wasn't i wasn't ready you know it's like that was a very good and deep weren't ready for this yeah it was good i mean not that you're a joker or anything like that but you know it's like i wasn't expecting you 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 were you were coming out of the box swinging on that one swinging man somebody's gonna swing yeah it was good it was very good how's all week man a lot of work crazy yeah oh i got a crazy story for you guys i initially i like specifically didn't tell you earlier because i was going to tell you guys here all right, so yesterday. He just set up in this chair. Yeah, I, know, I, know. I did, man. Okay, so quick, quick backstory. I had rats in my attic oh. some point last year. So I've been dealing with that stuff. I killed them all. Wait, I, isn't it isn't it a mouse <laughs> whenever it's in the house? I, I don't know. I feel like they're too big just to be wants a mouse. The rat. <laughs> Shout out Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I don't know what. I, they were too big to be a mouse. They weren't that big. But anyway, I killed them all. We're good. And then, um, like a month or so ago, I heard, uh, I kept, I thought I heard something rustling around in the attic and I was like, oh man, something's back. And, uh, at some point I go out to cut my grass and I, uh, when I'm moving my little push lawnmower out of the garage, I move it and this possum like mm. runs out from underneath my lawnmower. Mm. And I was like, I was not expecting it at all. So I was kind of standing there in shock and it runs to the corner of my garage and in the corner of my garage, they, like, didn't finish the drywall or whatever. So there's this, uh, these two two-by-fours that are exposed and just a little space of, like, a few inches that he just stuck himself in and just crawled up into the attic. Oh, my And I was goodness. like, oh, man, that was what I heard the other day. There's a possum in my attic. And so I went, uh, I ended up going to my parents' house. And Get my, a BB gun. I, well, I could, well, look. I ended up going to my parents' house and I got this like meshy net stuff because there's this one hole on the uh, uh, like the trim of the roof. I don't know what you call it. When the roof hangs over the, the bottom part, the face it and the soffit. Yeah, yeah. So back in the back of the house where the uh, the AC unit is, there's like a few pipes that go up into the yep. attic, and so there's a little bit of a square that's exposed. And that's the only way that 
like there's no other holes anywhere that they could get in. So I knew it had to be there. And uh, so I go, I got this like net stuff that I put all around that hole to hopefully uh, trap him inside. No, to deter anything from getting back in. Yeah, I was nervous they were getting trapped. But anyway, so I put that up there and I haven't really heard anything for that was like a month and a half or so ago. And then yesterday I got to cut my grass again and uh, I go to move the lawnmower, and right before I go to move it, I see all these sticks and stuff around it. Should have just pulled the cord. I could have done. <laughs> I don't want to mess up my lawnmower, man. <laughs> but I said, "Oh man, I, there, there's definitely." So I moved it a little bit, and I saw a little tail under there, and I was oh, like, "Oh man, man. there's a pop." So I'm standing there uh, with like my back to the street, looking in my garage with like the big garage door up, and I'm trying to decide what am I going to do because I didn't want. I'm like, so obviously he cut through the little net thing. And he got back in my attic and came back down, was hanging out again. And so I was trying to, and that was when I thought for a solid like second and a half, I was like, should I just kill this thing? When yes. comes out? But then I was like, nah, I probably don't want to kill it. I just want yeah. it out of my attic. And plus I was thinking like, what am I going to kill it with? I, all I've got is like a shotgun or I got to like <laughs> hit it with a blunt force. And I didn't really want to beat up a possum. You should have pulled the cord, bro. I, but I you live in like Baytown. It's acceptable. Yeah. Touche. Like if they would have heard it go off, they'd be just like, they got him one. But so I'm standing there trying to decide what am I going to do and this uh, these two guys come walking up they have um, guns no no these two guys come walking <laughs> up well it's like they're, I guess it was like the guy's dad and he's kind of waiting in the street and he's like hey anybody seen the possum over here <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but so earlier that day I forgot to mention this we were supposed to have an order of the hello fresh food come in the mail oh. that day and that usually comes in the afternoon this is like 630 in the evening and it still hadn't showed up so I'd been wondering all day like hey when's that box going to come this is weird it was probably playing possum no <laughs> so the guy is walking up and he's holding my box he's not like a delivery Every guy, he's just uh, he wrong house. Turns out he lives uh, like a street over, and he's uh, like holding the box. He's like returning the box. He got nice. shit to the what wrong a nice space. guy. Yeah, and uh, you live in a nice neighborhood. And so he comes. He's like, "Hey, I think this is yours." I said, "Man, I've been wondering where that is." I said, "Hey, man, why are you here?" <laughs> I've never met this guy before. You know, possum you know, trapping skills. I said, "Hey, I said you want to help me out with something real quick?" I said, "There is a possum." Only James would ask <laughs> some stranger to help him with the possum. Dude, he was sent to help me out. <laughs> I'm telling you for real because I've never had an issue with mail going to a different house or anything before. So for sure, that mail was sent over there just so he could bring it up right in time to help me with that possum. So I say, and also I'm looking crazy, right? Because <laughs> I was out there to cut my grass. So I'm in like basketball shorts, an old ripped up shirt. I got my, I put, a, I always put a bandana on if I'm doing like outdoor work it for a long like time. Got, like and challenged course, by a possum yeah, already. Of course it was like my tie dye bandana. So I look like extra stupid. And he's like, <laughs> and I'm just standing in my driveway when he comes up and I was like hey man you want to help me with this possum real quick it sounds like a TLC show yeah but it was real this is James my real life possum and hunter so anyway we we messed with that possum for like 15-20 minutes trying to corral it to get outside because he just kept running from like corner to corner behind this and that and stuff but we got him out and so then today I went back to my parents house last night and got like some metal sheet and some more sturdy material and covered up that hole so hopefully I'm set. So is your, no more is your parents' house like a hardware store? Yeah, that's my, that's my <laughs> hardware store, man. <laughs> and you made a new friend out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I got to bake him a steak or something sometime. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, you remember that possum weekend? <laughs> you like possum stew? I just like leaned into like, I'll just be the weird dude. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I'll, so I'll so did he run out and then he went away? He ran out and he ran like towards the neighbor's house. Yeah. And I haven't seen him since. But so I was going to cover up the hole that night. So I was like, okay, he's for sure not in there. 
Um, and I called my dad to see if he was home because I was going to borrow some of his tools. And uh, he was out fishing. He's like, I won't be back for another couple hours, but I'll let you know when I'm back. And uh, right before he called me to tell me he was on his way home, I heard something up in the attic again. I was like, dude, I think he just crawled back in there. And they get you a trap. So, yeah. Well, anyway, I waited till today because I thought there's no way that they're hanging out in the attic in the middle of the day, Texas heat. Like, cause it's hot out there, you know? Yeah. And then it, in the attic, it's like 120 plus degrees. I'm, I'm talking about like killing baby kind of heat. <laughs> so there's no way they're just like hanging out up there. So I figure he's got to be out during the day. So hopefully, hopefully we're set now. Awesome. Man. Either that or he'll end up in my garage again and man, then I'll a, kick him out. And we'll we need to call real. this episode awesome possum. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my favorite thing about possum is what is it? You start with, you spell it with a no. Okay, fun facts. There's a difference. I I watched like a minute long possum video a month no, ago. No, not you watching animal stories. I did, and it, there's a difference. There's like you know several types of species of these, and so there's opossums and there's possums, and I don't remember the difference, but apparently there is a difference. So I don't know which one this was. Whichever one. I just thought they named the it because they saw it. They went, oh. I meant to do this one, but they're uh, both So you know they, people say possums are mean? Well the the problem is they, they're like the fainting goats. Uh-huh. Like they have like these mini heart attacks and then they pass out and they people think they're playing possum. Mm-hmm. But normally it's because they're so scared. Yeah, they actually pass th- out. They actually pass out. And then people are like standing over them while they're passed out. And then they come to and they're uh-huh. just like, they freak out on like people. So they're not like really like trying to attack you. With imagine, your- imagine if possums had to pay tithe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's laughing too hard at that one. Oh, that's good. oh man, comedian that laughs at his own jokes. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty good. Hey, I love myself. You okay. should. Man, I, I tell you, I've had a rough one, man. I've had strep yeah. throat, oh, that's right. fluid yeah. on my lungs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I slept more um, in this last week, man, than I have in a long time. From mm-hmm. Friday night all the way till Tuesday, mm-hmm. I was in the bed. Was it restful sleep though? No, 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 it wasn't at all because I was, I was sick, man. I was just not, not good. You so know, I've never had strep. When you get strep, what is like, what's the main symptoms? It's sore throat. Then, you know, along with the strep, I had all the sinus and stuff. You get a fever too? A fever. And, but then the fluid in my lungs was having, I was having a hard time breathing mm-hmm. and I couldn't walk very far before I was out of breath. And very, of, very COVID-esque. Very COVID. I thought, so Tuesday I told Sandra, I said, or Monday, Monday I said, I want to go to the doctor. Because I thought, you know, for sure I had COVID. Because uh, that's the way I felt that everybody else said, says they had it. And mm-hmm. she was like, no, I passed all the COVID stuff and then just strep. And then she listened to my lungs. She's like, ugh. She, you know, not, she didn't say I had the pneumonia, but it was getting there, you know. She said, she said uh, Mr. Hatley, it sounds like you have possums in your lungs. <laughs> she said, uh, your right one sounds better than your left one. So, Anyways, now like all the kids are they got strep and you Smoking know out of your left lung. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we're trying to go on vacation this week and here here we are. Oh, they're all still sick, huh? Yeah, well they've been on antibiotics since Tuesday. 
Yeah, and, and they usually say that, uh, what is it, within 24 hours after antibiotics, it's no longer contagious, so yeah. you just have to rest up. And yeah, Luke's be feeling better. He's the one that had a bad, you know, Noah, them little kids, they bounce back real quick. The next day he was out of bed running around, wanting to go outside and play, but Luke's today, his the first day, yeah, he's out of bed mm. uh, since Friday. Yeah, strep's no fun. Yeah, it's no fun. But hey, man, we're here. Feeling I made it, now. feeling good, back to work. Mm-hmm. Got me a little sunburn yesterday, so I'm like, I'm, I'm right back at it, you know. So yeah. everything is good. Everything is good. Pastor Caesar, man, you got some. Uh, uh, tell us about the skate thing you got going on next oh, week. All right, so there's this, uh, there's this uh, guy. He's a teacher right there, a local teacher in one of the high schools, and he runs uh, an after school skate program. Mm. And uh, he just so happens to also be a believer in Christ, and uh, he uses it as a tool to minister to the students at the school, but just in a kind of like a non-aggressive way, a very passive way of, of sharing the gospel and, and just, you know, loving on some kids and stuff like that uh, with time, attention, showing them how to skate and all that. And it's real good and real good for mentoring. So uh, he is a, uh, I guess he's a friend of Elam. Uh, he came years and years ago. Actually, uh, interesting story. I think yeah, I think that your grandpa, James, uh, was the one that, uh, that officiated his wedding. I would not doubt it. So, he's uh, done quite a few of those. So it's been years since he's been he's been back, but he came out. We got connected. He knows Pastor Mark very well. Um, and What's his name? His name is Ralph. Ralph. Ralph, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he, he came out and he says that he's got some contacts that have uh, some skate gear and they do like a, like a mobile skate ministry kind of thing. Well, anyway... Long story short, uh, we're going to set up a date, which is going to be August 3rd and 4th. Uh, So that's next week from the time that you're listening to this. That's next week, the uh, that Tuesday before we're going to be doing a uh, a uh, kind of pre-skate build day. So if any any students, uh, any young people are interested in like the engineering side of how to, you know, make a half pipe and stuff like that, then come on out and wow. and do that and it's it's going to be really good so they're going to bring gear and and uh, uh you know all the pads and helmets and some skateboards and uh, some of the uh some of the high school students that are the, the more seasoned are going to come by they're going to skate and show people how to how to do it and, and you know we're just going to use it as a tool for our community reach some more young people and you know have some hot dogs and some music and stuff out there but yeah. that's awesome i remember way back when um, I was serving under Pastor Mark. They they brought out this uh, man, this big big half pipe, and all these different uh, the skateboard. They basically brought the skate park to us, mm-hmm. and it was a, it was a good time. It was a real good uh, thing for the kids. They really enjoyed it. So yeah, that's awesome. You know, that's not my background, but you know what? Hey, whatever. So you you gonna go drop in? No, no. no. I have a, a terrible equilibrium. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, time and history has definitely shown me this. And uh, I have nothing to prove. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jane put his feet up, so let's just I'm jump ready. right into Culture Corner. Yeah, yeah. Let me guess. You're about to. You're about to. I'm that number one possum killer. Of this. <laughs> Could have used you the other day, then. Right. Right. Goodness. Yeah. There's got to be like a. Um, a trap or something you can use. There definitely is. Yeah. So. But I didn't own it. Didn't I didn't have it when I needed it. I <laughs> yeah. should have ordered it in advance, I guess. Surprised your dad don't have one. Well, let's just jump into Culture Corner. It's that time. Yes, sir. It's that season. <laughs> Tell them about it. Where the worlds come together. All right. 
in all types of athletic endeavors. Yeah. The best of the best, huh? The best of the best. The goats of the world. The ones that made it past the rest of the losers. Not the possums. Not the possums. But the goats. The goats. Such a big buildup for this. It's the Olympics. Olympics. It is the 2020 Olympics. In 2021. In 2021. The Olympics. Is there a difference, James, between the Olympics and the Olympics? I didn't Olympics? read that, fe- that fun fact. Yet, <laughs> no, so. no. I think it's all the same depending on where you are in the world. Yes. <laughs> so we had a couple stories here. We have, uh, well, one kind of a news type story. Uh, well, I guess all of them are news, but uh, we have, uh, what is the young lady's name from Houston? Simone Biles. Simone Biles is she is out of the team sports. Yes, she uh, she had a little injury, and um, so she's out. And then we ended up getting beat by Russia. I think it was um, in that particular event because she's out. Heard an interesting fact that they had to lower her difficulty scores because so many of the other uh, athletes were trying to do her moves and getting hurt. All of the athletes that tried to do her things could, okay. could not do it. Did you say it. what she competed in? I missed it. She's a uh, gymnast. Okay, gotcha. She's the little black girl from Houston that does all them crazy things that nobody else can do. All gotcha. the different flips. And she, I've seen her on some And she really is stuff. the greatest to ever do it. Um, I told him her I haven't watched any Olympics yeah, this year. Yeah, no, so she, I'm out she's, of the loop. she's absolutely amazing. Like, uh, she would be the Jordan of her sport. She would be the Michael gotcha. Jackson of the industry. She so would, you're saying she was doing moves so intense, they lowered her scores so people would stop trying they to score do her differently. Yeah. That doesn't well, seem fair. That's not fair. That's so liberalist. Lib- liberalist. That sounds horrible. So what's yeah. the motivation to do better? Better moves. Well, they were basically they were wiping the field out because they weren't even making it to the Olympics because they were trying to do her moves. Uh-huh. So and then hurting themselves and hurting themselves and not even making it to the Olympics. They're too dangerous. Her moves are way too dangerous. She is so explosive; it's just unbelievable. She's got this one move. That sounds ridiculous. Whenever you do this move, like you do a new move and you land it during competition. They'll name the move after you. Ah, uh, yeah. So she had two moves. two moves that they call the Biles. One is off the uh, vault, and then the other one's in a floor exercise, right? Uh-huh. And it is it is three full spins while you're doing two backflips at the same time. <laughs> and the when Biles. she uh, when she does it on the floor, when she runs and takes off, it looks like she's shot out of a rocket. I guess you'd have to. You're going to spin that much? Yes, it is just totally amazing. And it's just with so much thrust and spinning power. And and then she sticks it in like the whole floor shakes. Okay, now you said she's out. She's out. She's got a. Uh, Why she, she just I think lost she has or a, what? a leg injury or something. Ah, uh, that's a point. Yeah. Well, Trying to do her moves? This morning at 5.45 a.m. Uh, our time, they were competing over there in Tokyo. Uh, for the, And that was the. Uh, that was the team, the team uh, uh, sport. So it's not the individual. So she dropped out of the individual, but she, uh, out of the team. But she will be 
competing in the individual by herself. Like try to get her ready to come back to the individual. Yeah, and you know, I mean, but for, for so yeah. it sounds like the judges were right. Her moves are too hard. She hurt herself. <laughs> well, you know, but there's some speculation behind it, as as there is in everything nowadays, right? Because they what the, what they're saying is that just she was she was just very angry that that they're judging her that way. Yeah, and uh, and it you know it's not fair to the team. But whenever people are talking about like man, you know, like the the U.S. Uh, you know they did terrible terribly. They got second place. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. The U.S. has to win. No, yeah, but we're like, supposed to dominate gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But it's like, but that's crazy though, because the way that they have to judge her, right? It, it, you're talking about the most elite gymnast in the world that they can't even measure up. That's how incredible this girl is. It's, yeah, there's no yeah. second place. They're all like fourth, fifth, and sixth yeah. place. You know, so. There's yeah. nobody even close. Yeah, it's crazy. And some sadder news. More sad. Saddest. Sad, sadder. Sadier. Tell me. The most saddest. The most sad or the, the saddest. The saddest news. Or just sadder. I don't know if it's the saddest. It's pretty sad. Okay, then the saddest news. <laughs> <laughs> the women's U.S. soccer team kneeled during the national anthem. Yeah. Um, and listen, man, I'm not this guy that's going to go and, and be super political about kneeling and not kneeling and what it represents and what it don't represent, because there's a lot of different thoughts and different things out there. If, um, you know, if you're in the NFL or whatever, I, I, I hear your story. I understand why you're doing it. I don't know if I necessarily agree when you're in the NFL or, or baseball or whatever. But when you're representing your country at a worldwide event and you kneel, I have a, a lot of big problems with it. The saddest. The saddest. Yep. It made me the saddest. My thing is, if you can't do that, you can't put me on the team. Did they say why they were kneeling? For, uh, you know, it's, it's the, not so the social injustices. Social injustice, uh, race, racial, you know, different things like that. I agree with you. Look, like, okay, I get that. First of all, I'm a minority, so I can't be racist by y'all's thoughts anyway. <laughs> by the way that y'all frame this argument. Uh-huh. I'm a minority, I can't be racist, so that argument's gone. Whitey over here <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> Even I'm though good. he's got a lot more street time than I will ever. <laughs> the white devil over here. <laughs> right. Okay. But look, I, I exactly agree with you. Right. It's like um, it's like whenever we're in a board meeting. Right. Whenever we're in there, we all have our differences of opinions and whatever. But whenever we get out of that office, we present a unified front. Whatever right. whatever yeah. happens inside the house is going to happen inside the house. The leadership leads leaves and leads. Yes. And in the United States, that is not. That it's not a stage for us to be airing our dirty laundry, even though we we're so proud to do it. Uh, it's not about that. It's not about making political statements. It's not about anything. It's about you representing your country and you getting a chance to do what a a very small percentage of people ever get to do to live out your dream as an athlete and competing at the highest levels and getting pre- getting paid pretty well. Yeah, and, and one of my things, and I know they're trying to represent other people. But here you are at at a worldwide level making millions of dollars on on especially listen I'm just gonna say it I might I might I might come back and bite me especially when we're talking about women's soccer 
And I'm only saying this because women's soccer has, has to be subsidized by other sports and other sponsors because they do not make the money to pay these people millions of dollars. Did you hear about the whole thing? What was it like a couple years ago whenever they won? Or it was more than that. <clears throat> when the women's team won like everything and then they went on this big strike parade thing. It's the same, it's the same girls. Yeah. But did you hear like the whole story? Because the judge finally like ruled on that case like a couple months ago. No. So they were like suing whatever the company is or entity because they were saying they don't get paid as much as the guys do. And uh, so this this first sentence just totally wrecks their whole argument. They were offered the exact same deal as the men, and then they turned it down. Got a problem with that? So anyway, so that's the first thing. They were offered the exact same thing, and they denied it. And so then the deal that they did get was, uh, I'll rush through it. So the women get a bunch of benefits that the guys don't get because most of the guys that are playing on the uh, Olympic teams, they have their own leagues that they go play in. So most of their money they go, Mm -hmm. or most of their benefits rather, they get from those other teams. You mean they play soccer and then people come and they watch them and then they get TV deals (laughs) and they get money and all that money that they get, it pays their salary. Is that what you're talking about? That's not what I'm talking about. That's for the men. But the women do not get nobody to come in and watch their stuff. They get no TV (laughs) deals and no sponsorships so they have to be subsidized (laughs) by other companies for them to make millions of dollars to go on this worldwide television and to kneel for something that there are such rich brats about mm-hmm. and talking about how unfair it is as they make millions of dollars and don't even earn the money. So that is a point, but that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But that is a good point. I'm glad you said it. No, what? So when you have a job, you get paid your salary, and then usually you'll have some type of benefits, dental, health, whatever, uh, for women, maternity leaves, like all that kind uh, of stuff. I feel like this is about to get worse. No, it's better. So the guys, <laughs> so all those benefits, their health insurance, all that kind of stuff, they have that through their other soccer jobs with their other leagues so when they get paid for the olympic stuff it's straight up just cash money salary so none of the benefits are woven into their salary which again the women were offered the exact same deal and they denied it and so the women's deal they get paid less of the actual dollars but they get dental they get health insurance they get maternity leave they get like a list of like 20 plus benefits that the guys do not get at all and uh, anyway, I won't go on with the whole thing. But and also when they got that deal initially, they were bragging about it on all the shows. They were like, "Yeah, this is a really good weird. This is a good win for the women." No, no, no. And then you know later when it was popular to complain about all that stuff, they brought it up and went on whole. Strike. Because some people don't want equality; they want special treatment. Yeah. Anyway, I just I read that too the other day. Thought yeah. that was interesting. Just thank you. Got sure. the same deal offered and said no. Yeah. Well, we're. And the judge just like turned it down like that. They're like, oh, you were offered the same thing and you get way. And, and actually, the judge said, actually, by my calculations, you actually get paid more than the bid because of all these benefits that you get. Yeah. And he was like, they so get no a lot thing. of money through sponsorship deals. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That they don't earn. Nobody. But, the, but no, you're saying nobody's so this watching is, them. So this nobody's is the same people. Them. And this is the same people you said that was kneeling too? Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't related to the thing that I just talked about? No, it was... For, so they're still upset about it. All these white girls are kneeling Goodness, for man. racial injustice. Uh-huh. 
right. coming from all these prestigious universities and uh, right. Yeah, I'm looking at there's one young black lady on, on the team. And she know. probably just like went along with it. She probably didn't even know. <laughs> She's like, what are y'all doing? She got peer She's like, will y'all stand up, please? I don't know. I didn't. Anyways. I haven't followed any of the Olympics. So. On some lighter news in the Olympics, uh-huh. we have a uh, a team in the Olympics, Norway, and uh, this team was fine because they didn't uh, wear the proper uniform in their beach handball team. Didn't know there was a beach handball team. Mm. Kind of. Figure out all these like and this is different than volleyball. No, this is handball. You ever played handball before? You ain't never been locked up. The handball and, I'm thinking of is like where you, it's like racquetball, but you play with your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This so is how do you do that on the beach? Totally different. This is kind of like a small soccer ball that has goals on each side in the sand. Uh, yeah. It shouldn't be in the Olympics, right? <laughs> if people don't watch it, it shouldn't be in the Olympics. It's like ninety-eight percent of the sports. Yeah, Olympics then. like who watches javelin? Nobody. There's just one person right now listening. It's like, hey, that's my life. Like when I when I look at these like Olympic sports and you, you watch them like uh, you know in the, in the trials and different things like that. The only people that are in the audience is their family. Yeah. Well, this year's because people are not allowed in there, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, these young ladies did not want to wear their uniforms, and their uniform was um, bikini bottoms. Uh-huh. And they were just like, we don't want to wear bikini bottoms, so they wanted to wear just like athletic shorts. Well, that makes and sense. So they were just like, nope, if you ain't wearing the bikini bottoms. Um, you can't, you know, we're going to find you. So they find them, right? Uh-huh. Um, so, and, and my thing is just like, well, how come like the men don't have to wear Speedos? Who's the, who's the ruling judge on this? Is yeah, that's it, stupid. Because if you've ever seen Harvey any, Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen any beach competitive swimwear that people wear in volleyball or whatever. It's like the it's the smallest, most ridiculous thing. Right. It's because they make like, you wear that. It's more revealing than like Victoria's Secret. Well that's the only reason people would watch. <laughs> <laughs> so they're trying to take the only thing that people would watch is these <laughs> these women that have barely any clothes on. They're uh-huh. making cover up. Now nobody's gonna watch it. The four men that still lived in their mom's basement, <laughs> like, all right, it's time for beach playing video games all day. Well, now are not going to turn over to the beach handball team because so, okay, so they did get fined. They did get fined. And, and what was their reasoning behind it? Did they, did they mention? They, okay, so they asked like the, the, the Olympic uniform. officials, like you know, why are they being fined? You know, the you know, it's it's not a big deal. Um, you know, and then they were saying, well, maybe it was like an athletic advantage. You know, I'm to just wear thinking, more clothes, to wear more clothes, right? <laughs> and then they were just like, "We're looking into it." My thing is like, okay, yeah. some of this like rules are archaic. Let's just change them on the fly. Hey, here's a fun fact for you: When the Olympics first started, most of the athletes competed in the nude, but mm. bucket naked. Yeah. Well, and more another people fun watch. fact: <laughs> the uh, the guys that would compete. They would wear a little. You you would either go straight nude or you had the option fig leaves. No, no, no. It was this. Uh, Have everybody ever felt a fig leaf before? Aren't they itchy? Very. Yeah, I don't blame them for not wanting to wear those fig leaves. That's why they were a nude. But the other option was you could wear this leather strap. It was uh, it would tie around your thigh and then it would tie onto your uh, to your junk. 
and it would hold it in place. So it wasn't flapping around while well, you're throwing Pink spears. said, uh, back to Norway. Uh, <laughs> Pink said that she's going to offer to pay the fines. <laughs> Y'all acting like that's crazy. That makes more sense than being in the nude. Um, Pink. They're like wrestling the and music stuff. Artist. That. Pink the music artist. The which, music. Is, which is, uh, she's... Um, Actually, with some longevity, you know, like, Pink has come like in and out of popularity like the, three times. Well, yeah, she she uh, she really um, came onto the scene in the early two thousands. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and she, and she really like I, I felt like her music was the best after she became a mom. Yeah, she uh, she did the. I'm still a rock star. Yeah, yes, Pink. Yeah, and then she's. She's also infamous for. Uh, she's also infamous for uh, sleeping with uh, what's his face, uh, old dude that uh, Angelina Jolie was with. Brad Pitt? No, no, the old dude. Uh, I don't know about the old dude. Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. She assaulted him in the bathroom. Wi- uh, willingly, they willingly engaged in assaulting each other. <laughs> willingly engaged in insults. Yeah. Uh, Pink though, she. I give her props for uh, she sings all her stuff live, and if you've ever seen any clips of a Pink show, I mean she's like oh, yeah. on cables, Fantas- flying oh, yeah, around. She's, flying. Fantastic she's actually doing the stunts, and she's actually singing the whole time, doing all these moves, and that's that's extremely difficult. Yeah. On other news, other pop news, uh-huh. did you just see where Britney Spears, uh, the judge, ruled that like she has to have these like people around her to make her decisions because they say she's crazy? Well, yeah, but that's been going on for forever. Did they? Uphold it though. Yeah, they upheld it. Yeah, oh, wow. Man. So I didn't hear the. So uh, who's gonna be the people? It's her parents. It's her dad. And then they're, they're spending all of her money and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, Some it's crazy stuff. Crazy. Anyways, uh, that's your Olympic news for 2020 and 2021. <laughs> I there think it, it deserves a little. <laughs> <laughs> that deserves a little bit of more of this. Gosh. We're gonna go out with. We came. We saw. We opossumed <laughs> and conquered and got it out of the garage. <laughs> <laughs> well, very, very good. Well, that was a good culture corner. Somebody was like, yeah, right. Um, anyway, <laughs> hey, uh, we got a song for you today. I got a song selection for you. My, uh, my good friend Brandon Williams released his album, I believe it was yesterday, called Rebel Heart. This is a uh, song called Prodigal. Is this the same Brandon that uh, used to come around and do some worship and different things? Yep, same oh, Brandon. Awesome. Oh, yeah. South, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So we know him. He's, he's so a, you were right. He is a good looking dude. <laughs> yeah, he is a good looking dude. <laughs> he, uh, I was talking to him today, just giving him props on this album. He asked me what's my favorite song, and I just digested it today. But there's one song called Prodigal that really uh, spoke to me. It has a fantastic feature on it, but uh, just get a little bit right here. It's called Prodigal. It's from his album called Rebel Heart. Brandon Williams. Check it out. Horses in my chest, my brain is telling me no. But running up to meet me is a face that I know well. I don't know if you came to bring me heaven or if you're coming to bring me hell. And I say, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. I've squandered your kingdom, all the love I have been given. After all the stupid things I've done, I'm not worthy to be called your son. <laughs> but you pull me to your 
chest so close, I feel your heartbeat. As my head is baptized by the love that's running down your cheeks. Say so long, I have waited just to see your face. Here there is no condemnation. These arms is only grace. So take off your shame and let me wrap you in my love. Your brokenness behind you, cause my grace will be enough. Prodigal featuring Rebecca Babb off of Rebel Hearts. Brandon Williams, check it out. You can find him on all the platforms. I am. Uh, so, is it Brandon Williams? Is that the name of the? Uh, That's the, the artist. artist. Yep. yep. I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. Interesting because the future. Of course, we got to hear a little bit more of it uh, before the podcast. She had a little wiggle to her voice, mm-hmm. and as he was kind of doing his little rap, whatever that was, he had a little wiggle to her voice because it, so it kind of like really blended in and then into the um, into the singing part. Man, he did a really good job. Yeah, I was that. I was telling him is that there's such great production value in this entire album. Yeah, I was right? gonna ask where do you know where he recorded it? Um, he said it it's somewhere in the or? woodlands. If I think it's where I, I that he recorded the last one. Uh, yeah. Uh, a guy named Josh Walker, I believe, but I don't know if he's the one that produced or I, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, but um, just an incredible talent. I mean, he's a multi-instrumentalist and uh, just an all-around good dude. Yeah. yeah. So congratulations, Brandon Williams. Thank you. Brandon, Brandon Williams. Mm-hmm. That was good. I'm, uh, I'm going to get him right now on the. Uh... Apple Music and see. I was I was listening to uh, his album today, but then I also listened to uh, to James yours and Ben's album Eucalyptus. I also listened to that today while I was processing some paperwork and stuff like that. Susie Lee. Oh, that's my favorite song on the whole album. I know. I remember when we did the yeah. yeah. We all did, did you ever say was that loosely written about somebody, or is it just some kind of fictitious? Not thing? one specific person. It was more like a collection of people. That I just kept seeing, like the same type of things happen. Yeah. Like they just live in that same kind of life, and I just put it into one fictitious person. But and why based you, on the reality of a lot of women, basically. Yeah. So like suit, but like Susie Lee, you just is that a name that you just? That's just a good name, man. Yeah. It just worked. It rolls off the tongue. Actually, I think I had that name for some other song with a different friend. For I don't remember what it was, but I think the name came from some other thing, and then I threw it in that song because I needed a name. So before we jump into the topic or whatever, let me just talk about this. Whenever you're you're going about your song creation, do you have lyrics first or do you do music first? It depends on the song. We do both. I always, if you look in like the notes on my phone, I've got just Tons. pages of pages of like, most of it's like a sentence or two, like a snippet of something. We're like, I should remember that. And if it's that and I go to write like a verse for it, I'll maybe take a few of different notes or I'll just take whatever the sentence is and try to expand on it. So do you think in verses or choruses first or just whatever? It just depends. And then, so yeah, also if you scroll through my notes, you'll see some where it's like a whole, like a couple paragraphs and like everywhere in between. So sometimes it's like a hook 
And I was like, that I should remember that, and I'll write it down. Mm-hmm. It's just it's everything depends on the song, and then some. So sometimes I'll try to make some music for the words, uh, and then usually though more more times than not, Ben's got a riff, or I was messing around on the synthesizer, made something that I thought sounded cool, and then I'll go try to find some words that fit with it. Yeah, and we just kind of do that. I, I, uh-huh. So do you ever do you ever start? start by like a, a topic or a subject like I was thinking in the Deer Stay and Eminem how that was like more of a he, he had something to say and then so then he said it um, I, I've definitely done that before um, but if I have to feel really like inspired one way or another about something to actually write like a bunch of words so if you look at one of these notes in here where it's got like a couple paragraphs worth of stuff I was probably feeling it for whatever reason, and I was like, I got to just get this out, and I got it all out. Um, or uh, if it's like one of the sentence things, and then I'm trying to like expand on it. I can only expand on it once I'm feeling that feeling again. I have to like go back to wherever I wrote that mentally or emotionally, you know what I mean? It's almost the same process of putting a message together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When he's talking about that, I, I have the same thing. I have thoughts. And, yeah, you uh, and, and files, just a thought, or have it like a paragraph, or mm-hmm. I just have an idea, and then I have all this stuff in a folder, and then you know I have like just ideas, and then I have another folder where mm-hmm. I kind of have like a, a skeleton, and then yeah. I have a done folder where everything's done, and mm-hmm. I just kind of move them. In. You're a little more organized than me in that sense. Yeah. I, don't yeah. have yeah. I like talking to creatives about this because everybody's process is different, uh-huh. you know, in the way that they go about doing but things. Like, even like when I did the podcast last week, I had. So, like, the thing I based it off of was something I'd written in my notes, you know, whenever it was a long time wow. ago. And I went back and grabbed it, and then I, like, tried to make a sentence here and there. So, have you ever put on it. different ideas and definitely put them together in one song? Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. I have sometimes like, it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes <laughs> I put different thoughts in throughout time, uh-huh. and then... I realized I got a whole message of just those thoughts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. or sometimes like I'll take one of those sentences and I'm like, this is good for a chorus for this song. And I'll just, and I might tweak it or something to make like the syllables work rhythmically for the song or, or whatever. What but, was know. the, there was a, um, there was a show called Songland. Oh, I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. I never watched man, it. Man, love this. Song. Mm-hmm. Man, you got to go back and watch it. Yeah. It is really, really good. So basically the, the premise of it is these singer-songwriters come in and they have mm-hmm. a song already done. Right. And then they, you know, they, they sing it with the band that's there. And then there is a, you know, a popular artist there. And he's mm-hmm. looking for a song for his album. Right, yeah. I right? remember seeing all the commercials. And then so he picks three of them, and then they split off with these producers and songwriters, and they basically redo the song to mm-hmm. make it fit for this guy. Yeah. Man, it is just amazing how they just peel it apart and move things yeah. and, and add It's add a whole stuff. skill, because a yeah. lot of those people probably couldn't write a good song for themselves, no. but you give them like some structure of like, okay, it's got to be this type of song for this person and right. they can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's crazy. Songland is awesome. If you haven't watched Songland, go out there and check it out. So that was just kind of like extra there, but I mean, it, but it ties always, in. We always get into music somehow. <laughs> yeah, we always get into music, but you know what? Music is life. So yeah. you know what? There's a, there's always a soundtrack going on. It's just, you know, who you, who you dancing to. Um, but anyway, so we were talking about, you know, potential topics for today and, uh, 
one thing that just came to mind for me, I shot it to the guys, and it was learning to lose. And let me let me kind of break that down a little bit. Learning to lose. When we were talking about that, Pastor David over here says, but that I don't like to lose. Don't like it. Nobody does. No, he said he doesn't. I don't lose. lose. Like I don't lose. Like and then, and then, I grind it. I grind it till I find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what do we mean by learning to lose? Well, you know, at one point or another, uh, you've taken an L in your life. You've taken a loss. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that that's one of the things that binds us as humanity. We all know what it is to to feel loss. To be lost, to lose at something, or uh, something gets taken away from us, and and you know that can be from something that's really light to like the heavier subjects, like the loss of a loved one and all that. But I, I think a, a lot of what encapsulates a human human existence is learning to cope with loss, mm. right? And then we just kind of. We just kind of buffer that as we progress in our age, yeah. right? To, uh, to to learn how to cope with it, move through it, and uh, but but the smart ones learn and grow from it, mm-hmm. right? And um, we can either stay in a place of just "woe is me, I've lost, and I'm just going to be a loser forever," or you actually learn from it. Yeah. yeah, you know, so learning to lose is kind of the topic of what we're we're talking about. But I don't know. Let's just kind of have some open discussion here. And uh, you know, whenever I sent out learning to lose, what what was your first thought on that? I don't lose. Oh, and Pastor Caesar said that uh, you you've taken L before, and I was like, yeah, it always starts with fingerprints. <laughs> uh, I tell you, kind of my thoughts on it. Uh, I I look at it a little bit different. Uh, because I have family members that we've lost family members 15, 20 years ago and uh, have family members that are still stuck in that loss. Mm -hmm. They can't get past it. It kind of rules the way they live their life and depression and fear and all those things. So when I see that, you know, I'm like, okay, that's not going to be me. And I think sometimes because of that, I have less compassion and I move on from things faster than I probably should while everybody else is still taking the time that they need. Does that sometimes sometimes for you come off as insensitive in, very, the, in the eyes of other people? Very much so. Um, just because I feel like if I, if I marinated in it too long... That I'm gonna be there 20 years later. It's bad juju. You don't want to be right. You, yeah. And it's it's happened to some of the closest people in my life, you know. And uh, so, what do I do? I'm an I'm an extreme guy, right? So whatever I do, I do to extreme. You know. I mean, we decided to do a podcast, so I went out and I like yeah. got all the podcast stuff. You know what I'm saying? Or, or if I'm if I'm doing woodwork, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna get all the tools. I don't need just the, all the saws. All the, saws. Yeah, I mean, all the tools. Yeah. So I'm an extreme guy. So whatever I do, I do all the way, and I'm trying to do my best. Like we didn't need this TV, but I went out and bought the TV for in here. You know, yeah, I like it. Though. Um, yeah, but it, you know, it just whatever it the is, vibe. So, yeah. Um, so I'm an extreme guy. So even in in those more soft and sensitive places in my life, I have to be careful not to be extreme there too, you know? And, uh, especially when we're dealing with those sensitive situations and cause I, I do come across like, come on, 
pull your bootstraps up. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been here too long. Yeah. And it's like two days after your mom died. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just like, I, I got to find a place where I am sensitive to it. But at the same time, um, I, I don't know. I just put it, I've got a shield up that stuff bounces off of me now because I don't want to be in that place. Is that a, is that a learned behavior? Like one of your parents, did you see them do that? Or is that just something that's kind of like a defense mechanism that you've kind of developed over time? It's definitely a defense mechanism. Um, because you know, I'm always looking for opportunity to better myself. And I, I take my roles seriously. Um, so I feel like so to be a, a successful father and husband that I don't have time to be depressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have time to woes with me. I don't have time to do these things. So I have to be my best at all times to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, like just I mean, just one of these weird things. Like if we go uh, out to Walmart or especially, especially Walmart, especially. Places like that are, might be sketchy. <laughs> like I'm gonna wear pants. I'm gonna wear tennis shoes that I, I tie up because I feel like as a father, as a husband, now I'm protecting my my tribe. Got to be ready. I got to be ready, right? I'm not gonna go there with some flip flops and shorts on because if something happens, I'm this, it's gonna go down and I'm gonna be in flip flops. <laughs> You're not gonna be uh, David Hatley, the possum warrior, <laughs> you know. So that's just kind of like some of the, some of the things that my crazy head goes through. And, and, you know, Sandra says, man, sometimes you got to let your guard down a little bit. I'm, you know, and so that's just that's just me trying to cope with, like, things that happen to me. And then also, I think living and experiencing, like, uh, death in the street and, and drive-bys and uh, stuff like that, that some of that stuff, I mean, like they said, you know, video games kind of dull your sensitive to certain things. When you, when you see that stuff, that definitely curves the way you feel for death because you don't feel it as much as if it ever happened every once in a while, you know, when the family member dies, now you're seeing guys being shot in the streets and dying and hearing about, you know, cousins of this person and that person dying. So I think a lot of that stuff is Mm -hmm. from that. Mm -hmm. James, how about you, man? Whenever I feel a lot of like what David said, Mm -hmm. uh, where it's, you know, like I'm not going to dwell on most of that stuff. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It definitely can be. But, like, you need somebody to say, all right, guys, it's time to move on. Let's go. And, you know, to be the strong one in the situation. But if everybody was like that, you know, you'd lose a lot of sensitivity. Uh, that's but, what, by the way, that's why there's a mother and a father. Yeah. In a because also, if everybody, <clears throat> if everybody was crying the whole time for years and years, you know, nobody's getting the job done anymore. <clears throat> so you need, I feel like there's a good yin and yang between all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know so was that a would you say that's a developed behavior that 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 you kind of took on or or did it take some time for you to really kind of get to a place where you can move you know move on quickly um because your dad's a man's man kind of like my dad I'm, I, I only remember my see my dad cry a couple times in my whole life yeah I mean my dad's not a he's not emotional like that right but he's emotional where like uh, how would you say it? Like, like he'll get upset about something and he'll get mad and then he'll stay mad about that thing right. for weeks and years and <laughs> he'll hold on to that. Yeah, like it's not good. He'll hold on to that, like uh, the grudge. If, yeah, he'll hold the grudge and all. He's definitely getting better and better the older he gets. But like growing up, he wasn't the guy who's going to cry about it. But like 
he might bring that up the next time he's stressed out and y'all start yelling at each other and like you know what I mean? Right, right. So he's like that. Um what was the question? The question was Well like you know developed feeling or Oh yeah. So some of that is just like genetic some of the way I deal with stuff is genetic. You know, I'm partly like my dad, partly like my mom. So I'm getting a little bit and also if you've met my mom, she's like the, the sweetest total, person. Total opposite. <laughs> which is uh she's is super great. She's having a good time, you know, she's the most fun person at the party, but she can also, if she's having a bad time, you know, it's, it's rough to be around. Mm -hmm. So I have a little bit of like, like David said, he's extreme. Like I'm definitely an extreme person. Um, but like I said earlier, I think those habits, if you can like get a grip on it and use them efficiently and effectively, they can be really good tools. Cause sometimes you do got to say, you know what I it's, we got to pull up our pants and let's go. It's time to go. But, uh, you also other times need to know when to sit down and just, you know, cry with that person or whatever. So it's more just like the more experience you get, you know, the more wisdom you gain of like when's it a little bit more appropriate to be. Because like depending on the person, like if I'm with some of my guy friends, I'm going to be a lot harsher and I can do it and it'll be more effective that way for us yeah. to, you know, get moving. Whereas like if. If, uh, if Tara's having a rough time, like, I can't just be like, hey, babe, stop being a pansy. Like, you <laughs> right, know what I mean? Yeah. That's not going to work on her. No. And that, I tell you, we I ran into some issues in my relationship with Sandra like that because, you know, sometimes she just wants me to be there with her and hold her and, and not like, come on, we got we to gotta get through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, allow her to have her time to grieve and, and, and work through the process in her head because, you know, as as men, we're fixers, right? Yeah. We want to fix the issue instead of work through the issue sometimes and allow people to have their time to do what they need to do. And we think that everybody thinks like us, you know, and like, hey, come on, you can do that. You know, just put two pieces of wood together, nail it and it's done. Uh, but a lot of people don't think about that. They want to, they, they need their time to work the issue out and, and, and see it from a different level. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, you know the, what we're talking about, and, and I'm glad you went to a to a very deep and and uh, serious level. Um, uh, but I just kind of want to scale that back just a little bit because you did bring up something that that ties into this. Is that if we stay if we stay around that for too long and we live in the loss, right? It becomes an identifier mm, in our good. life, and we start identifying ourselves and and telling people who we are by the losses that we've taken and uh, you can see that with young people absolutely when you said that the disciples came to my head when uh, when Jesus rose from the dead they were in that loss right and so when they seen him they were still in the loss and couldn't even realize that he was standing in front of them and he had to go to the extreme to to prove himself no it is me Mm-hmm. You know, but they were still living in the loss and, you know, our, our leader's not here no more. And what are we going to do now? And our whole existence has been following him and learning from him. And now it's gone. And when he was standing right in front of him, he's just like, no, come on, look, look, here's a hose in my hand. You mm-hmm. know, uh, this really is me. And I think a lot of times when we're in that losses that we don't see clearly um, 
about what's really going on because we we make it a master yeah. over our life and that's the master that we serve we serve a, a master of loss and and how that becomes uh such a gigantic identifier in your life and you see this play out not only young people but all people and then they they talk you know like you talk to somebody that that you know has gone through the alcoholics anonymous program um it, it does good for what it does but then i've also seen cases where People have they haven't drank any, you know, any alcoholic beverage for 30 years and they still claim themselves to be a recovering alcoholic. It's like, I think you're recovered already. But even at that, it's like, no, this gives me, you know, I know that it's a problem. It's like, no, you've kicked that problem. You've been sober longer than you've drank. You've won. Mm -hmm. You know, the battle is won here. Um, But to but to. But to take on that identity, it, it, it ruins your life. It, 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 that stuff is a dream killer. It's a passion killer. It, it will stop you from moving into your next, right? Yeah. There's no victory when you live in, in the loss. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we got to find a place where we can say, okay, this is who I was. You know, just, I mean, we see it over and over in the Bible and everything that everything that we believe in is burying the old man yeah and then now you are the new um and it's you know sometimes it's good to remember the past just to remember where you came from but you can't live there right you know it's look in the rearview mirror to see where you were but we still got to be focused on the road ahead right you brought up the new testament now here's the old testament right where um the children of egypt now the exodus time they're being delivered. Moses delivers them out. They're going through their journey, which was only supposed to be 11 days under two weeks, 11 day journey mm-hmm. to the promised land. Uh, but anyway, they mess up time and time again, take those L's, right? But God pronounces a judgment on them and says that for 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness mm-hmm. and people ask, well, why was it 40 years? Because 40 years was the amount of time that it took for the last one that still had that slave mentality to die. It's a death sentence. It was a death sentence. He said after 40 years, this, uh, this, uh, very toxic mindset that y'all have because they, they were, they were slaves to Pharaoh for over 400 years, mm-hmm. you know, over 400 years, they were slaves. And then, they they don't know how to be free people. Right. So you carry that with you. That becomes an identifier. We're slaves because that's all that we've known. We've always lived in the law. So that's just who we're going to be. And uh, I, I mean, yeah, you know, of, of course it has it has, a, you know, spiritual. We can use the spiritual undertones of all this to, to talk about it. But it's just on a practical level, you know, people need to understand that. You need to use this as a stepping stone and not a stumbling block mm-hmm. that we're all going to lose yeah. in one one way, one form or the other. Mm-hmm. But how do you buffer the blow? How do you get to that place that y'all were talking about? You know, get your bootstraps on. Let's go. Yeah. You know, is it always the appropriate response? Sometimes do you just let them wallow in it? Well, you got to learn. I think one of the reasons you experience losses is because you got to learn from them, right? So if I'm a kid playing on the basketball team or something, we lose, you know, there's all sorts of lessons I could learn from it. 
And then you have to apply them so that you don't experience that loss next time. Mm -hmm. As in, like, well, maybe I could have practiced more. uh, Maybe, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. That's why they Um, watch film after a game. Like, where where do we fail in this, you know? Maybe I didn't listen to the coach. And if I had, maybe that would have been different. You know, so you can take all that for the next time. Yeah. And then also the next time you do experience a loss again, you're a little more prepared for it. So maybe... So maybe the first time I lose the game, I'm upset for weeks, you know, but the next time I've experienced it before, maybe I'm only upset for a few days. And you know what I mean? Here's here's where I think a lot of people get stuck in. The loss represents the result. That's Uh what happened. Yeah. And you want to be angry at the result. But where this is the difference from the people that succeed and the people that fail. The ones that succeed... They understand that's a result of something else that they didn't do. That's what I was... Oh, that's where you're going? Yeah, you hit it. It's a result of what they're not doing. And the the people that are champions, the people that win, the people that that, that uh, turn that situation around are the ones that understand there's a lot of stuff that needs to take place before the win happens. And rather than being mad at the result, what I really need to be mad at is everything that before it yeah. yeah you know and that is where I, there's not enough meaningful conversation happening there because what that means especially whenever like you're, you're talking about well when i'm talking to a friend or i'm talking to you know somebody that's you're accountable to mm-hmm. where that becomes very um uncomfortable is that now you are identifying you are putting your finger on an inadequacy in their life yeah and that is Tough, mm. yeah. mm-hmm. especially in guys and in, in all humanity. Where all humanity has pride, yeah. but especially guys. I know what it feels like when Sandra does that when she touches that piece Ooh. of my life. I know what, exactly what it feels like, and it used to make me mad. And sometimes it still it, it it does stir up a certain emotion. But we've been married so long mm-hmm. that I know what it feel. I know what that that emotion is now. Mm-hmm. So now I'm able to step back and go why does that hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I think a lot of times when we're talking about losses, we need to find out why does it hurt? Not it's hurting. So I'm going to react to the hurt, but why is it hurting? Does it hurting? Cause it hurt my pride. Mm-hmm. Does it hurt because I was wrong or does it hurt from a, you know, a past relationship? Why, why is that, that hurt? And then when we're talking about, you know, sparse, like losing, you know, a family member say you lose your dad and you can't get past that. Well, then why is it something that you didn't say something you didn't do is something the way you act while he was alive? Because the pain of him being gone is temporary, yeah. right? That, that pain will go away, but it's the, it's the stuff that you didn't do or you didn't say, Guilt. or you did say, or yeah. the way you acted while he was alive or what you didn't tell him. That's the thing that follows you on for, 20 years and you're being depressed about it mm-hmm. from another perspective of learning to lose is uh, is from a positive perspective um so and i've 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 told this to to my wife before but uh before before we were married uh, before we were even dating and all that i was in another relationship and i really thought that that was going to be the girl that i married you know, I, I built up this this imagination in my mind, but everything was pointing toward that direction at the time. So, uh, um, yeah, it didn't work out. 
there was a big loss that happened there. Uh, there was a lot of things that I needed to uh, to uh, gr- grow from and all that. But uh, there's this Garth Brooks song, right? That he says, "Thunder rolls." <laughs> thunder rolls. No, no, no. But he he goes and he says, uh, "One uh, a lyric is one of God's greatest gifts is unanswered prayers." Yeah. Right. And uh, I prayed so hard. Uh, at one point, I'm like, let this be the relationship. Let this be the the one. Let this be the marriage. But then it all fell apart. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. But then in God's wisdom and his sovereignty, how God moves and operates and uh, just listening to him, let him lead you and guide you. I thank God that he didn't answer my prayers. Yeah. So many times we pray my will, not thy will mm-hmm. instead of thy will, not my will. Exactly. Yeah. And and. From this topic, right, learning to lose, it's that was a loss that I am so happy that I took. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because because then then the result that it brought, the yeah. win that it brought, the win that God had in store for me with, you know, my future wife and kid. And it's it's, you know, so even Shout though to Marina, <laughs> hey, yo. And, yo. Um, yeah, but, you know, and, and, and from from just a different perspective being okay with losing and this is there's just a lot of things there's the hamster wheels turning up here but there there's a lot to it whenever you're looking at the hand of god moving through your life and whenever you've taken a loss and it's a legitimate loss whenever whenever we're talking about a person that is submitted to the will of god sometimes it is god's will that you lose Mm -hmm. because of what is going to bring you in the end Wow. Say it again. Sometimes it is God's will for you to lose. Is it? Yeah. I also think. Is it God's will that you're going to lose or uh, or a consequence that you're going to lose? It's, so does God really want us to lose? I don't know. I'm just trying to talk this out. He wants I'm, not, to, I'm not arguing your no, point. No, no, I'm yeah, just yeah, trying yeah. to talk just, it uh, out. Yeah. Unpack this. Uh, I think God wants us to lose our pride. Yeah, okay. You know, God wants us to uh, lose our earthly attachments and to follow him with our heart, mind, soul, and strength mm-hmm. uh, to lose certain things. So if... If, uh, you know, if I have to, if I have to take a loss in some kind of... I need of, a thesaurus. Th- th- what is it? Thesaurus? <laughs> yeah. Whatever that thing is to figure out all these different losses. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, um, I, you know, I think even before, even before, um, even before I was, I was saved, my process, my story of grace that brought me to salvation, right? There was a lot of things in there that I know was not God, yeah. uh, you know, that God didn't want. Uh, as far as that he condoned my actions, but he did allow them to take place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because I suffered the way that I suffered, it brought me to a greater reality and an appreciation for who he is mm-hmm. and for what he's done. Yeah. You know, will God allow hurt to happen for the better? We just look at the cross. Yeah. You know, he, he we, we will. We, we see that over and over and over in scripture where there is intense losing taking place yeah. in life and in, in, in material and thing and, and all that. But, but we also see the, we also see the different personalities too on how people have, uh, have, have accepted that the rich young ruler went away sad, but then Paul said, he said, I count all things as loss. Yeah. You know, for the excellency of Christ, mm, you know, 
he he'll throw it all away. He, I yeah. count it all as dung. He said, you know, and it's like just so I can get him. So yeah, these are the things that kind of plague my mind whenever I'm processing paperwork. Yeah, I, I uh, so I was talking to Vaughn one one time, and I was just like, man, I said you know me just as good as anybody else. What is my greatest attributes? And uh, he said, David, your greatest att- attributes is you can walk in the room, in any room, and talk to people. No matter what the, the color of the creed, you know, where they grew up, all that. Um, and only because, you know, only because I did leave this, live that street life. Now I can be able to walk into that room. Uh, I'm a white guy, so I can walk into that room. You know, I... I, I I worked in the corporate world so I can walk in that room. So I'm able to take all those things, even though that some of those, I took an L in the streets, you know, but now as a Christian, as a pastor, as a minister of the Lord, I can walk in that room and minister to those people, you know, even though it was an L now it's a win, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I got like, and that's, that's great. Um, Again, that's deep. (laughs) You know, that's some, that's some, yeah. Anyway, there's a lot of complexities to this, but even from maybe more of a simplistic side, like we were just talking about songwriting, yeah. right? From a songwriting standpoint, how many bad songs have you written in your life? <clears throat> well, they don't usually make it to a full song. I wrote one and I realized I'm uh, not a very good songwriter. <laughs> it's not my gifting. <laughs> and we're going to move on quick. <laughs> but yeah, it's like how much trash in quotations, because yeah. y'all can't see that I'm doing quote fingers, but... How much, you know, how much trash do you have to produce before you actually get that gold? Yeah. You know, um, it's like a telemarketer, right? Just keep calling. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody will tell you, you're about to get one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a friend that does that now. (laughs) I I was a telemarketer for a a total of an hour and a half. It was before you were saved, right? Yeah. And I walked out during break. I was just, I can't do this, man. I'm I'm a winner. My friend. I can't be told no over and over again. (laughs) I wasn't taking the L very well. (laughs) No, he does real estate. So when he gets to do real estate stuff, it's cool. But he said, when you're not doing that, you're sitting and plus he's like still the new guy yeah uh, so he's got to do the sorry phone call stuff uh, yeah. and you just they Take have a, they have this big list of all these people and you just call them up and like offer to buy their house and, i've already told you a yeah, hundred times don't call this number no more yeah. my house is not for sale he's like one of the most positive people ever so he's just all right thanks <laughs> 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 calls the next one <laughs> so, you know and then i uh, just also in this in this vein of god's will right and what we're talking about um one thing we need to understand is that God is so much smarter than anybody, anything that you will ever understand, know, or meet. Mm-hmm. That's so hard to, to, to get our minds around sometimes and walk in because we have so many of those moments that we say, God, stay right here. Yeah, I, I, got I, I, I got this. I'll be right back. You know, and then we go back <laughs> a bad decision and then we come back and be like, come on, God, I know, man. Come. Yeah. And like, forgive me, man. And, and, I knew I was going to be like that before I left. <laughs> I was talking a little bit about this with uh, with uh, David Perez, which he was on the show on the uh, the Fourth of July special that we had. Um, uh, and I was t- telling kind of trying to unfold this talking out loud, really. But God almost like. Like a sculptor that sculpts with dynamite, okay? Mm-hmm. To us, it looks destructive. It looks like chaos. It hurts sometimes. It hurts. 
sometimes our world is just blown up. Mm-hmm. We can't make sense of it. But God, whenever he allows these things to take place and, and some things that he's directed us toward in our life so that we, we can be blown up that way. Mm-hmm. But how all of these little moments, even before we knew him, even before we cared to know him, and and even things that took that took place outside of your immediate you know sphere of influence, maybe a third or fourth contact removed because of their actions, how it moved this one little domino into place, mm-hmm. and how it just how the, the like a like one of them beautiful uh, rugs, right, a tapestry. Right. Of of how God moves things around and how one thing is tied to the other. And you start seeing the delicate hand of God, the just just instrumentally placing things all over your life and even things you have no idea about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes horrible things that take place, you know, um. We're like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, you know, the Holocaust. We all agree on any part of the world that you, you know, on this globe, globe, on this flat earth. <laughs> right. We can agree that was bad. Yeah, was pretty, bad. pretty much universally. We can agree that was bad. God, why, why, why? I don't know the answer to that. But in some way. It brought about. A lot of blessing to a lot of people for their eternity. Yeah, I think when we look at life, we we live life in moments, right? We have a real hard time of stopping and looking at the big picture. Snapshots, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're all in just little bitty boxes. And then, you know, Abraham, Isaac going up to the mountain and Isaac's about to be, you know, killed by his daddy, you know. And then what appears is this ram right in, in the thicket. But... If maybe if Abraham would have looked on the other side of the mountain, he might have seen, you know, uh, a guy down there with a a shepherd down there with all these rams and and one got away and was making itself up the other side of the mountain. Isaac and Abraham never knew that that ram was coming up the other side of the mountain because Mm -hmm. they were in that moment of, of doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing at that moment, that God's illustrating all these other things that are going on to be timely in our lives, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes we have to, we have to go through it. We have to go through hard moments and we have to, to, to go through certain things because uh, of, of sin in this world because mm-hmm. back when Adam messed up now we have to deal with that but now we have to deal with the drunk driver running a red light and killing everybody but the two year old little baby in the car all those things build character and who we are and 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 mold us into uh, who exactly who God wants us to be because one day that we might get to minister to that two-year-old little boy that didn't die in that car when he's 12 and we get to tell him about Jesus. Yeah. You know, uh, I have a message called sandpaper people. And, you know, there's people in our lives that they annoy us and they're rubbing against us. But it, what we don't, what we feel like they're ignoring, you know, they're, they're, they're all up in our stuff and, and aggravating us and all that stuff. But really they're, there to knock off the the rough edges. Yeah, the tapering off those harsh edges. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, 
No, so I mean, you, you know, if you get if, if you talk about this long enough, you're going to find yourself in this rabbit hole that's going to be like, wait, what, huh? Who? Um, but I, I find let's kind of let's kind of round third base here with this uh, with this topic anyway. Is that I find comfort though in knowing that I don't have to I don't have to worry about the win mm-hmm. whenever I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, if I've, uh, cause I'm doing my, my, uh, I'm practicing stewardship in my life, whether it's in finances or in my relationship with my wife or my kid, um, it, it, whatever, right. And friendships, uh, things at the church in the job, you show up, you do what you need to do. And then when it comes time for the result to show, it's going to show who put in the work, who didn't put in the work. Yeah. You know, the cream always rises to the top. Right. And as long as you're grinding every day, you're you're giving it your best effort. You know, not even a perfect effort, because first of all, that's impossible. But uh, but you can definitely give it an excellent effort. Yeah. And whenever you do that. You're going to find that you're going to be you're going to have a lot more W's than L's on the on the that T bar, yeah. right? And um, I, I was I might have brought this up in one of our podcasts, but I, I was talking to to the staff, my staff, uh, the youth staff, and and I was telling them how much um, you know for a while how much of my identity as a youth pastor was built around the success of my students. Whenever they succeeded, I succeeded, yeah. and and I yeah, that's awesome. Look at me. And when they fail, and whenever they fail, hey, if if I'm going to take the positive, I better take the negative too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and that's that's a that's a, a young mindset to have. Uh, where I've gotten to is that no matter what their performance is, that doesn't dictate whether I'm a success in God or not. My success. Is strictly found in am I doing what God told me to do mm-hmm. and let him worry about the result. Yeah. yeah. I've been there before. I, I've been ex- when I was youth pastor when, and, I, and I found the same thing that my success was built in the programs that God gave me to build. If I built those programs the way he taught me to told me to build them, it was a, at some point it's up to them to come into the program, finish the program and live that program out. Right. Mm-hmm. Program for a lack of better words. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just only thing, anything in our life. Like if you're out there living, trying to chase that goal that your, your, your boss is putting out there for you. And you know what we have to, <clears throat> we have to be careful is that every time you, you reach that goal, he's going to give you another goal. And then you'll you'll never be satisfied in your life because there's always another goal to reach. But you have to be uh, settled in who God has called you to be, not what some uh, some man has put a, put before you to to try to reach. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the other day. I was watching the uh, the All Star, not the All Star game, the Home Run Derby, and they were talking about hitting home runs, you know? It was beach handball. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they were saying no, about all this year. No, they didn't watch it this year. No, <laughs> right. They had shouts on. <laughs> um, and he, they were talking about hitting home runs, and they had, you know, of course, they had the retired baseball players, and, and they were always talking about every time I went up there to try to hit a home run, I struck out. Mm. 
But if I just played my game, if I went up there and I took the pitches that were given to me, and if it was an outside pitch and I hit it the other way, I'd get on base. But there was always that ball that if I just stayed in the program and done what I've always been taught since I've been in Little League, that when the right pitch came, I was going to hit the home run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where we have to be in life. Right. It's just play out like God has has called you to you know to what, what God has called you to do what your what the elders in the in the church have instructed you to do and just live that life and you're going to win you know and you're going to take some males along the way because you're not going to do exactly what you're supposed to do but learn from those mistakes get up you know share those losses with somebody else mm-hmm. um because a lot of times man it I've learned from other people's losses, mm-hmm. you know, like, man, don't do that because this is what happened, yeah. you know? Um, so it's important that we just stick to the program, live life you know, the best we can and, and learn from the losses like James was saying. And, and at the end of the day, we're going to win. I mean, the Bible tells us, right? And yeah. Go to the last page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> read you know? the back of the book. Read the back of the book. <laughs> yep. So we're, we've rounded third, but this is how we get home, and you've already hit on that. How do you learn to lose? Well, you have to learn how to lose, how to get rid of the failure, how to work through it, how to not keep it, learn from other people, right? One of the things, what do we need to lose? What do we need to give out? What are the things that we're not supposed to keep as well? On the opposite side of all this, because we've been talking it from talking about it from a uh, kind of a deficit kind of mindset, but some people have also just success has become their drug. You need to learn how to also y- your success is not your identifier as well. Yeah, if your identity is found in in your successes, then it's going to be shattered whenever you encounter a loss. Mm-hmm. Right, because then who you are, you're not the one that's batting a thousand anymore. Now you're the one that was almost there, and that doesn't do anything for you either. You know, that equally destructive. I, I would even venture to say, uh, people that suffer from from that, it's even worse than from that from people that have nothing. Yeah, it's the people that have a lot to lose and that they've invested everything that they have into that one thing, whether it's a bank account, a career, a marriage, a relationship, a thing, it becomes an even stronger master than somebody that is from a deficit, you know? Yeah. I think we have to have goals in life, but at the same time, that goal, if you meet it or not, is not who you are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make, that doesn't mean that you are a failure or not. Um, but at the same time, if you don't have goals, then you're just kind of floating around the world. And it doesn't have to be like crazy goals, you know, just little goals. I think a lot of times that I'm going to be a billionaire at the time I'm 25. And you haven't lived life yet. You know, you're not unless you break it in on YouTube or, you know, yeah. you have a viral video or something like that. Most people don't don't make those big things. But have these, you know, small goals that you can get some wins off of. And, and then when you have those small goals instead of like having these these goals that are not reachable you're you're not taking those major L's and you, you, it's not hitting your ego as much right yeah but a lot of times you have to fail because you have to get rid of you have to lose ego you have yeah. to lose some of those other things to to be successful yeah the um 
um, some of the Sundays that, that we record these episodes, I haven't been here lately because we've been having a, uh, a teen Bible study with the guys. Uh, one of those on one of those nights, I asked them, we were talking about success and I asked them, well, in your mind, what do you think success is? And one of them said, well, I just want to make a whole bunch of money. And I told them, well, what does that mean? What is a whole bunch of money to you? You know, so well, I want to be, you know, whatever. They put some dollar amount says for for you, whatever that could be. And it could be a hundred billion dollars. Right. Whatever the amount is, if that's what you set to be successful to the next person that's that's coming, that's that's child's play. Well, the problem with money, you know, I could always remember when I was younger or just starting out in business and starting to make a little bit of money or whatever is, man, if I could ever make up a hundred thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. I'd be set. Yeah. And then you reach a hundred thousand, then you just realize I need 200, you know, and then you're here, you are on this chase. And before you know it, you ain't been home in however many nights in a row and your family's suffering from it. And, and you ain't been in church because you're taking all the overtime and the extra shifts and all those different things. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's never enough. No, it will never be enough. It's never enough. No, it, it will. It will absolutely never be enough. Uh, we brought up the Olympics earlier. Uh, you know, you have some of these Olympians. They're 16 years old. Yeah. You know, they got some young people that are winning some gold medals right now. And that's amazing. And the way that they describe this is the competition of their life. It probably is. But, you know, you think about that and they've worked so hard. They've literally worked their entire life to get to that level. And then at what, 23, you peak mm-hmm. at 16, you peak. Yeah, especially when talking about gymnasts, you know, and then you'll you'll see a lot of them after they're 16, 17 years old. And then you look back at them and they've gained 100 pounds and because their life is nothing now because their whole life has been at this one goal. And they at seven, 16 years old, they've they've got what nobody else in the world, just very few people in the world has ever accomplished. And then now nothing. Yeah. You know, there's nothing else for them to even to 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 take a look at, to even try, try to get, because they have no skills that all they can do is backflips, yeah. you know? Uh, so to try to, it takes a special person to try to flip that from gymnastics into, you know, uh, speaking engagements and different things like that. Not everybody can speak in front of a crowd. Not everybody can take that and be an entrepreneur and, and launch, you know, some gym short products or whatever it may be that handball short handball shorts or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So uh, it's it's really important that our identity is not from this world you right. know, at, at the end of the day, that our identity is not from this world. But um, uh, it's more than one of those things that if we know who we are in God, we know who we are in Christ, which the only way to do that is to get into your word to come and visit your local church, get involved, and uh, find out who who, who Christ who who you are in Christ, not right. who Christ is in you. Right, because whenever your 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 value and your identity is set on the eternal, then 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 it goes on forever. Right. You know, but you can be satisfied in knowing that 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 the value that you have as an individual is because Christ put value into you and whether you're broke or you're Jeff Bezos, you got that Jeff Bezos money. Yeah. Uh, it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you know that you're beloved and, and, and your goal is not what I can get. 
it's uh it's how I can reach him. Well, the mirror looks different when you look into the mirror. When your identity's in Christ, you look different in the mirror than when your identity's in the world. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Let fun, me give. Let me drop some wisdom. Some Bible fun, wisdom. Fun facts before you go there. If Jeff Bezos was Jeff Bezos worth one hundred eighty six million or some billion. Mm-hmm. If he gave everybody in the world a billion dollars, he would still be worth one hundred and seventy seven billion. <laughs> I don't think you said that right. Say it again. Jeff Bezos worth one hundred and eighty seven billion. Okay. If he gave everybody in the world a billion, he would still be worth one hundred and seventy something billion. That doesn't make any sense because he can only give a billion to one hundred eighty seven people. Well, is that because his uh, his net worth is tied? to Yeah, it's just the the formula the way it is. Are you sure it was with a B, not with like an M? Billion. That doesn't seem right. Yeah. But because it, it's. Anyways, go ahead. And I'll, I'll, I'll send you the. I'll send you the thing. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Well, here's some wisdom that's a lot smarter than all of us because it comes from the Word of God, and this is where we get our value from. But this is how this is how uh, Philippians chapter three tells us. This is how we. This is how we get home. This is how we land this thing. Uh, chapter three, starting on verse twelve, it says this. Not that I have already obtained all of this or I have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not count myself um, yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. Mm. That's how we do it. That's how we win. Don't. Very good, man. I, I enjoyed this one. I didn't know exactly. James and I were talking about it. I'm just like, I don't know where he's going with this, but uh, you you just learned to loose. So just that you could, just just sit back and so loose. You could do it. Trust Caesar. Yeah, man. loose it. Lose I was it. gonna add in. I let you guys talk for like 40 minutes without even anything. Hey, the man, only you, thing you I had wanted, a 25 minute. Uh, I know. I owe you guys some time. <laughs> I just the only thing I was gonna say to throw in this. I feel like all of this losing, winning, success, failure stuff. It's all just based off of faith issues. So either you're having faith in God's will for your life, or you don't. Because if you do, and you actually trust that his will is the best will for you whether you're seemingly winning or losing you know whether you got that promotion or you got fired or whatever you're still safe and secure knowing that well that was god's will for this moment and you're not going to dwell in those you know failures or whatever and you won't let those successes rule your focus because you'll just be focused on god's will and yeah that's it. The Man. most simplest form. He just. Man. That's it. You I could, just wrap up save, in 45 minutes. You can save hours. people 45 minutes <laughs> just by going to the end. Yeah. Keep, All right. Wrap up your faith, people. There we go. All right. Thanks for stopping by. And we love you. Opossum out. Yeah, ridiculous, man. Project.